Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O C-O. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. You know what I discover I can do? Can you hear it from the microphone? Yes. Can you hear it? See if you can hear this. Oh, you're not supposed to crack your back like that. No, it's not his back. That's his sternum. Oh, I don't crack think it's something. It's not healthy, whatever it is. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everybody. I am Ben Kissel in studio with Mr. Marcus Parks, all the way in beautiful Toronto, the star of Heroes on NBC. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. I want to say up top very quickly a big thank you to everybody for all of the incredible amount of support I received uh, for the premiere of Heroes Reborn. That was very nice. That's right. I'm sick of these feelings, <laughs> and I will not feel feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you support me or how much you think I deserve it and how nice you all been. You guys go go fuck. <laughs> all right, and that's Henry Zabrowski, of course. Henry, what's the name of your character in Heroes? Stu? Is it Stu? <laughs> oh, Stu from NBC's A to Z. <laughs> yes, that is funny. Um, I'm here in Toronto uh, in my blanket triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that the sound will be better because we've heard people have issues with the my sound on the podcast. And so um, I, I'm not wearing any clothes to nope. help keep the keep the sound absorbed to the little two foot square around the microphone. Mm-hmm. And I'm under a pyramid of blankets here. Um, and I'm really starting to get into the Son of Sam vibe. This that's is how great. he lived. That is exactly how he lived. And that's exactly who we're talking about today. Part two of the Son of Sam. Summer of Sam continued. Oh, it yes. gets more intense as we go. So after we uh, w- what we left off on last episode was the commissioner of New York, the police commissioner mm. coming out and saying, hey, listen, guys, we've got a problem here. There's a serial killer on the loose. Uh, and he's saying, all right, first of all, he says, all right, guys, discotheques. Stay away from them. Bad news. These guys are getting killed after they're coming out of discotheques at night. Uh, and it's said that attendance at discotheques in New York City dropped 80 to 90% after that announcement. Oh. And that is something that every single article, mm-hmm. every single movie, every single documentary about Son of Sam mentions multiple times. Because do you have any clue? how important the discotheque was (laughs) to the New York City economy of 1976. 77. This was a, this is primo 
This was disco fever. It was, you imagine this literally all of New York City had disco fever <laughs> and could not get their medication, which mm-hmm. was what? Disco. Going to the disco. That's, Tech. That's it. <laughs> I mean, victims. We talk about victims. And yes, you have human lives. Yes, we have some human cost with that. But let's talk about the small business owner. And let's also talk about the goldfish in the shoes, in the heels of those disco shoes that didn't even get to live that great goldfish life. They just died in the back of some closet. I'm going to say this, Ben. I'm not really into your new libertarian campaigning mode that you've been in for the past three weeks. Victims. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm I'm with you. You know who I also feel bad for is the the 65 year old Bronx man who had finally gotten a pair of roller skates and a bunch of fairy wings, and mm-hmm. he was ready to go live his life completely for the first time. <laughs> and it happened this summer. And he I was up- gonna take all my my roller skates out to the disco and be able to dance to the song. I like that song. It says, "I love the nightlife because that's me." <laughs> Mm-hmm. My whole life has been be- being a pipe fitter. But really, I should be fitting some pipe inside of myself. You know what I'm saying, grandson? And the nightlife was dead. <laughs> and then it was dead completely. Mm. Well, the funny thing about the whole disco thing is that they're saying, oh, they're getting killed outside of discotheques. No one going to discotheques anymore. Complete and total coincidence. Mm. The Son of Sam murders had nothing to do with discotheques. As we said in the last episode, he just drove around until he found that magic parking spot. And then after he found the magic parking spot, that's when he would go out and murder. You say magic parking spot. I say command from the devil. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the other coincidence uh, was the brown hair connection. While all of the victims, yes, all of the victims up to that point did share similar hairstyles and colors, long brown hair. This fact, again, had nothing to do with how Berkowitz chose his victims. Right. They were all trying to look like Charisma Carpenter at the time. Who is Charisma This is 1977. Car- <laughs> right. But Henry, is this true that your mother actually changed her hairstyle during this time, correct? No, my mom had to keep her hair up. She had to what do she it did up. was okay. she had very she always had long brown hair. My mom never dyed it. What she did was she she would keep it up because she was like, Oh, Henry Thomas, you wouldn't believe how the other men and the boys would fight to walk me back to my car. And I was like, Yeah, that's great, Mom. And this really good. She's like they'd fight each other like a bunch of pigs, all waiting them to heave on top of me. And I was like, No, son, I'm waiting for your father. Well, that's an unintended consequence. She had a great time during this uh, during the summer of Sam. Mrs. Zabrowski, future Mrs. Zabrowski, was just getting boned all over town. Straight up, but it's very true because it's like my mom was actually was my mom is beautiful now, of course, but back in the day she was a real looker, and that that's how you got a date in the summer of 1977 in New York as be a right. guy named Tommy who'd be like. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll walk you to your car. Hey, don't worry about it. Only, only fucks with people that'll make it out with cars. We can go inside my apartment. Hey, look at my fish tank. Yeah. So before Tinder, you just had to rely on the, a serial killer of the summer. And hopefully there was one in your area so you could walk women home. So even though there was absolutely no connection whatsoever with the police commissioner coming out and saying, hey, he's killing long brown haired girls. Brunettes all across New York City then went to hair salons to cut their hair short or dye it blonde. Wig shops across the city mm. made record sales. Of course, the discotheques doing bad. Wig shops doing fucking great. Thank God the, the wig shops ended up getting that alternative flow of cash because with the discotheques being shut down, you knew that the wig shops 
We're next. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And when they come, I remember when they came for the wig shops, mm-hmm. and I did nothing. And they came for the discotheques, and I did nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a poem about the Jews. <laughs> right, right, right. It's about the Nazis. Yeah. Sorry. Then they came for the pickle store, <laughs> and no one was there to stand up for me. <laughs> so here's what a few of the women in New York City had to say during the summer of Sam. I thought about the 44 caliber killer every day since it happened. I go to beauty school up the block, and most of the girls are wearing their hair up because they're afraid of the 44 caliber killer. They wear it up. One thing that I really don't do anymore is in sports cars. I love those accents. Yeah. I really do. I miss it for the, like, even just me growing up in the city. Like, they still kind of retain that accent, mm-hmm. where now it's kind of it's dissipated like crazy unless you go back into deep Queens or deep Brooklyn. Yeah. Which makes me sad. <laughs> I love the beauty school, though. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, here, uh, today's lesson on Monday goop it on. <laughs> All right. We're going to work on gooping it on, ladies. <laughs> The idea is, okay, listen, all right, you want the woman to look like, you want to look like, she's kind of like a fluorescent skunk on fire. <laughs> I, again, we're going to talk, we're going to reiterate the fact that Son of Sam had a grip on New York City. Yeah. Uh, that, that was crazy. It became, and again, Son of Sam created every single archetype of the loner killer that you could think about. He is the the thing that people think about and even now when people think about serial killers. The guy covered in milk and a wife beater in an apartment right. with just a bare mattress just being like, I will take over this city. But it, sadly, the reality is, is that that man is a 220-pound doughy loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the actual reality is that most of the serial killers are men like BTK, guys like Ted Bundy, guys right. like John Wayne Gacy, hiding in plain sight. Even Andre Chikatilo, one of the biggest psychopaths that the world has ever produced, was a family man. Yeah. Yes, people thought he was a little odd. People thought he was a little off. But most of the killers out there are not the loner son of Sam, milk-covered nope. types. Ted Kaczynski, milk-covered type. Milk-covered right. type. Yeah, yeah. Sour milk smell. And never when- trust a man who has a single... Um, hanging light bulb. You know, you can't either they're a serial killer or they're a ninja. And either way, you don't want to be around them when they're mad. They could also be recently divorced and you still don't want to be technically yeah. anywhere near them. Nope. Because of their emotional neediness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens at this point is the police commissioner, he comes out and he says there's a serial killer on the loose. He's naming victims. He's naming patterns. And this is the first time that David Berkowitz gets attention. He gets in. This is finally he is being acknowledged for the first time in his life and acknowledged for the crimes that he's been committing. He's only getting warmed up. He decides to kick it up a notch on April 17th, 1977. The summer of Sam truly begins in New York City. Three blocks from the very first murder, Berkowitz fires four shots into the car of Alexander Isau and Valentina Seriani, hitting both twice and killing one, and at the scene, police found a letter addressed to Captain Joseph Borelli, head of Operation Omega. Here's what that letter said in full. I'm reading this with all spelling mistakes included. I am deeply hurt by your calling me a weeman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. 
I am the son of Sam. I am a little Brit. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats our family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kills, commands Father Sam. <laughs> Behind our house some rest. Mostly young, raped and slaughtered. The blood drained, just bones now. Pap Sam keeps me locked in the attic too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and I watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everyone else. Programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police, shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has too many heart attacks, so I'm worried for him. Oh, me hoot, it hurts, sonny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the quote-unquote monster, quote-unquote Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. Well, I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of queens are prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill anyone. No, sir. No more, but I must honor thy father, quote, unquote. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on Earth. Return me to Yahoo's. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish you all a, a happy Easter. I do. <laughs> May God bless you in this life and the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police. Let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, bang, bang. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. Hey, uh, you remember remember when he called himself Chubby Behemoth? That is, <laughs> behemoth, that is, that is funny. That is, that is really that is really funny. Yeah. Chubby Behemoth. Mm, that's this guy, some, he's, like, uh, he's like a humor, like a humor reporter. Yeah. You know those humor reporters? That write like a thing that's in the newspaper, but it's fake, but it's like kind of funny. Yeah. It's like one of those guys. But you know what's so funny about this guy? He strikes me as a reality television show star. Yeah. You know, he got so much credit for doing uh, his actions for the first time he felt validated. He's like a teen mom. And they're like, at season three, and she's like, I'll have twins. And they're like, you're 17. He'd be like, yes, I'm going to add four more to my litter. It's also akin to a Facebook poke it's also akin to a Facebook post that, like, someone you knew from high school that now has, like, five kids, like, makes about, like, what she saved at, like, the supermarket yeah. or, like, how she feels that Donald Trump should be president. Right, like, right, it's, right, It's right. a very, like, I finally have a mouthpiece. I'm going to let everybody know exactly how I feel, and I'm going to spell it badly and sound like an asshole. And we shouldn't let the Albanians on the six train. <laughs> you know, as far as self-given nicknames go, Son of Sam, and specifically the Chubby Behemoth, wonderful names to give yourself. And in fact, Jimmy Breslin, later on, uh, Jimmy Breslin, who received other communications from Son of Sam, he said about Son of Sam's writing, he said he's got that big city beat. 
And I agree. Mm-hmm. I really, think I actually like his writing. I don't think I think it's got this weird kind of stream of consciousness thing going on. It's very interesting, and it's also they, they seem to be very well crafted. It's when you read them, they they look like someone who meant for them to sound exactly the way they came out. Like he had a plan and he executed it. We're going to learn the thing about David Berkowitz is that he is a tryhard constantly in in need of a new group to belong to. Mm-hmm. That is that, that is what we started talking about last week and this week I just want to bring it up again. This guy has no personality. No. This is him creating a personality for himself. He wants to do he'll do anything to feel more important. And now that he's got it it's just like he knows it's he's going to have to dig deep and write some cool ass fucking letters right. if he wants to make the history books. And so he just he, he must have rewritten these like f- 10 to 15 times. Oh, my God. Yeah, probably. Well, even though Jimmy Breslin said that, you know, he had that big city beat police, they had a different opinion of it. Talking to the Daily News about the letter after it was made public, this is what police said. He lives in a nightmare world where he sees blood-sucking vampires and Frankenstein monsters. So that that's your professional opinion? <laughs> Vampire monsters? Blood-sucking and- vampires and Frankenstein monsters, yes. All right, well. That's what he sees, and you wouldn't believe it how many times he's seen a mummy. I bet this is the kind of guy who's seen a mummy at least three or four times. And I got to tell you, and this has come from a guy who's seen a creature from the Black Lagoon two times. Right. All right, because I've seen it too. All right, there's a lot around. Like people say there's only one Frankenstein monster. I'll tell you what. It's at least nine, because I've seen two. Yeah. Man, this, uh, I would say the officers, the cops, did not do a great job of de-escalating the fear. No. They actually brought in paranormal creatures. <laughs> they, they brought in super uh, <laughs> yeah, you Frankenstein's guys, monster. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys remember, uh, I know this is scary, but you guys remember vampires, right? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> say vampires. You know what I heard? The thing about vampires is if you say the name vampire or the word vampire... They could just show up, and mostly it's just some guy with an accent. He's really pale, you know, and that's why every time I see a dude with that widow's peak haircut, I beat the fucking shit out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so parts of the letter were leaked to the press, and the name Son of Sam replaced the forty-four caliber killer. And although Good. Son of Sam is much less menacing than forty-four caliber killer, it's got a gun and it's got an action, this new name somehow even more terrifying, and the people mm-hmm. of New York truly lost their minds when Son of Sa- when the name Son I mean, of Sam came out. Yeah, it's much it's- more terrifying. It's, it's just, about branding. It's so it's vague. Son of Sam is good and vague and sounds really evil, and you could put a bunch of shit on Son of Sam. Because sure. then it sounds like, who's Sam? Immediately you're like, who's Sam? Mm. Wh- wh- how, who trained him? Like, oh, Sam's the worst one. Sam, Sam is the splinter yeah, right. of this other guy. And what if he decides to come out of retirement and starts killing? What if that guy's fucking Prescott Bush? Think about <laughs> it. But it plays into Frankenstein's monster, Son of Sam. Yeah. You know, who the hell? Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh. He was created by Sam. <laughs> so as far as the city losing their minds, up in Westchester, two men who believed they knew the gunman's identity drugged the guy that they accused to the guy's father's grave and beat him within an inch of his life with baseball bats to try to get a confession out of him. (coughs) And down south in Brooklyn in Sheepshead Bay, a crowd nearly lynched a man who was just (coughs) caught with a forty-four caliber. They would have been doing this anyway. (laughs) Right. But the happen is is that like they just, the guy was always weird. They needed a reason to to either lynch him or beat him and finally they're like, 
this guy saw the same. When finally he's like, you know, it's like, no, I couldn't have been there. I was at the disco on Tuesday. And he's like, oh, that's so funny. That's so weird because I was also at the disco on Tuesday. How did I not see you? And we must have been in different wings of the disco. You know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Here's a coupon for a free McDonald's softy ice cream. Okay. Ooh. God bless. All right. Get your shit together, right? You got blood on, you got blood on my gloves. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. This was the time of vigilante justice oh. here in New York City. The cops were way, uh, they weren't even working at night many of these times. Yeah. This is Guardian Angels right. peak p- fucking time, man. Uh, and that's how it was that the cops had caught this 44 caliber guy and someone ran to the local bar in Sheepshead Bay, said, hey, they caught a guy with a 44 caliber. Mm. And the entire bar emptied out, and everyone says, "Yeah, yeah, fucking kill him, get out of here, kill yeah. him!" And the wanted... cops barely got the guy out of there alive. Would New be... Yorkers are uh, we're an intense bunch. Yeah. It's like after, like when you saw the the first fallout videos, like right after 9-11, when they were showing the guys in Midtown watching the second tower come down. Uh, basically, they were watching it on the big screens and they were watching it happen live. And it was just like two businessmen. It was like they're both just sitting there shaking their heads. And, th- and then all of a sudden, this big fat dude with a shiny shirt comes on, com- a mobster comes up and he's got covered in jewelry. And the first thing he's just like, what well, did this? We need to fucking kill him until nobody recognizes the skeleton. And they're all like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was just the first instinct was like, gotta whack him. Yeah. Like, we gotta get Osama bin Laden, we gotta fucking bury his feet in cement and throw him to the fucking the East River. <laughs> so at its height, the suspect list for Son of Sam would reach over 7,000 people. One woman from Westchester, she told the authorities that her ex-husband was the killer. And this is what the official report said. She just said that before her divorce, he told her that one of the things he will miss is her long brown hair. She also stated that he loved Italian girls. He has sexual hangups and wanted to get into the sadomasochistic scene with ropes. She also said he mm. went to discos and topless bars. <coughs> he wore a wig. He owned guns. He quote unquote shot at the TV when he thought he was alone. Which means she was sneaking around watching him TV. Watch him, which means she was sneaking around watching him watch TV alone, yeah. which was a sign of mistrust. Also, wouldn't they notice if you shot the TV when no. they came back? You, you spackle it over? What do you do when you shoot the TV? Well, all I saw in the book, the I, I got this uh, from The Ultimate Evil, which we'll talk more about later. But all it said in The Ultimate Evil was quote-unquote shot at the TV. So finger guns. I don't know if it was finger guns. I don't know if he shot a load at the mm. TV when he thought he was alone. Yeah, I just can't stop coming on Sally Jesse Raphael's <laughs> face. You should know the hey there, Raldo. Yeah, Raldo. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. Ooh. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Ooh. This woman also said that her ex-husband considered his privates to be subpar. Oh. And he also looked like one of the police sketches. Mm. All right. I just this is just the classic too, where this was the perfect time where if you knew a weirdo in your office, yep. and you wanted to get rid of him, or if you didn't like a guy, you just call the police and be like, "We got the son of Sam." Yeah, and they were mm-hmm. also there were stories of people calling in uh, tips on their loan sharks if they had if they like had needed a couple more days to pay, and the lunch was like, "Give me your money by Tuesday, or else I'm gonna break your fucking legs." They'd call up the Son of Sam hotline and be like, "Hey, I think I noticed guy. His name's uh, Tony Legbreaker, and uh, I think he's Son of Sam." Brilliant. So uh, the, you know, appreciate the appreciate the call there, but you know, uh, you know, Tony Legbreaker is like a pretty famous bookie, right? <laughs> and uh, I owe him money too, so uh, this is not. 
Thank you, though. It was a good <laughs> shot. It was a good idea. Like, I didn't think about it. But thank you. Good work, buddy. Yeah, you know what? Keep it up. Yeah. And, and it was also people just, like, kind of looking for a little bit of revenge against an ex-lover. All kinds of weird shit going on. So about a month after the first communication, New York Daily News columnist Jimmy Breslin received a letter from the son of Sam. The words, blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, point four four were neatly printed on the back. Didn't he Rock also... Row! Yeah. I think there was a juggalo for life. <laughs> a juggalo thing in there. Technically, those aren't those all the last four stained album titles? <laughs> <laughs> it was tough to be a white guy in the 90s. I'm looking in. No, I no. can sit there again. I feel like da- he, David Berkowitz would have listened to a lot of Stain. I think oh. he would have loved Stain. Yes. I think he might not have killed if he would have had Stain. Mm. Inside to ugly, ugly like me. <laughs> he really was ugly, the lead singer. He was. Well, not that ugly. <laughs> Here's what the letter to David, here's what the letter to Jimmy Breslin said in full. Hello from the gutters at NYC. Hello, I mean it. Hi, hello. Which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of NYC and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed on the dried blood of the dead that has seeped into these cracks. JB, I'm just dropping you a line to let you know that I appreciate your interest in those recent and horrendous 44 caliber killings. I also want to tell you that I read your column daily and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what will you have for July 29th? You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. Oh, no, I don't care for it. However, you must not forget Donna Loria, and you cannot let the people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir. Don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather, I am still here. Like a spirit roaming the night, thirsty, oh, thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face someday. Perhaps I will be blown away by cops with smoking 38. Whatever, if I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam, if you like, and I will introduce you to him. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. And their blood, and from the gutter, quote-unquote Sam's creation, 44 kill. Pay some new names to help you along just in case. Forward them to the inspector for use by NCIC. Quote, unquote, you can call me these. The Duke of Death. The Wicked King Wicker. The 22 <laughs> Disciples of Hell. Even though I'm just one guy. John Wheaties. Rapist and suffocator of young girls. 
That'll be all. Wait, PSJB, please inform all the detectives working the slaying to remain. PPSJB, please inform all the detectives working the case that I wish them the best of luck. Keep them digging. Drive on. Think positive. Get off your butts. You gotta knock on coffins, etc. Okay? Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working on the case a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. <laughs> That's very nice. I gotta go with the Wicked King of Wicker. If I was in charge of the Daily News, we got a Wicked King of Wicker. <laughs> the, the problem is the Wicked King of Wicker would really fuck with the Wicker chair sales yeah. in New York City. And we, if we're losing the discotheques <laughs> and we're fucking with the wig stores, mm-hmm. we cannot lose the wicker industry. Oh, yeah. There's somebody who has a wicker uh, surplus store, much like Bob's Furniture. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, my God, if they start calling him the Wicked King of Wicker, we're out of business. <laughs> we cannot. I'm the Wicked King of Wicker. I am, and I am a good man. <laughs> but I mean wicked like cool, like Boston says. Like, things are wicked cool. Right. I'm the Wicked King of Wicker. Well, <laughs> come on, guys. I've been trying to brand. Shot, guys. <laughs> How else will I sell this incredibly flammable furniture here in the middle of incredibly flammable New York City in mm-hmm. 1977? <laughs> so published alongside a column from Breslin, the Son of Sam issue of the New York Daily News sold 1.1 million copies in a single day. What that means is that 14% of New Yorkers at the time bought a copy. Mm. That's insane. That sort of circulation is absolutely insane. And although the Daily News was getting the exclusives, Rupert Murdoch, who you'll know as the owner of Fox News, the Australian who... I love him. Don't have the, to. Don't campaign here. Yeah, uh-huh. can't, we can't mix your the, the Jose Bank band. <laughs> <laughs> so Rupert Murdoch, who had just bought the New York Post in 1977, he ordered a reporter who worked at the New York Post to scoop the Daily News. Oh. Didn't matter how he did it, just get it done. So after hearing about a son of Sam murder on a police scanner, the New York Post reporter mm. went to the hospital where the victim was taken. Dressed in scrubs, found the victim's family, told him he was a grief counselor, and pumped them for information. I love it so much. This is a real-life Jake Gyllenhaal from the movie Nightcrawler. Yeah. I mean, this is old-school detective work, but obviously uh, reporting work. It's really hard to, like, I I don't mean to, like, totally support this man, but at least back in the day, you had to work to get the story. Right. This guy had to go make his story, and I almost look up to him. I'm like, hell yeah, absolutely. You went and you did your job. You went, you found the thing. I mean... Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's just someone to be like, I was on Son of Sam's Twitter account. (laughs) He lolled in an Ariana Grande video, and I'm going to report that. (laughs) Rupert Murdoch, he actually, he loved this kind of reporting. In fact, he was quoting as saying, and this is pretty much the, uh, I guess, the philosophy that the New York Post and really the Daily News followed for years uh, and still follow to this day is that uh, Rupert Murdoch said that reading the newspaper in New York was an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. That's why the New York Post has such sensationalistic headlines, why they seem to just pick on the reptile part of your brain. Mm -hmm. And this is when the New York Post figured out and when the Daily News figured out that works. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So the next murder came in June, and as if the victims were living out a slasher movie, Judy Placido turned to her date, Sal Lupo, as they sat in his car, and she said... 
it's not the same. It's really scary. The way the guy comes out of nowhere. You never know where he'll hit next. And right on cue, Berkowitz mm-hmm. fired five shots into the car. Unlike the slasher film, however, both would survive. He just was not very good at this. David Berkowitz also well, did everything very hesitantly, where he would come in and it seemed like he just barely, he the, both his sexual excitement and his nervousness would mm-hmm. cause him to kind of like fire and then run away. But wasn't his gun also relatively weak when it came to going through cars it, it, and things like that? It was not the best gun. In fact, it was designed to not go through metal. Right. Specifically. So he had to fire into the windows. I mean, really, there was no, he didn't, there was, I think there was only one attack that he didn't hit anybody. Right. Uh, but all the rest of them, he at the very least hit them. He just chose a shitty gun. Right. It just had, wasn't the right gun to use. He had training. That's yeah. the thing is he had sharpshooting training, so he knew how to handle the gun. He just was, I think, always on the verge of quitting. I think every single time he went out to do it, he was always on the verge of being like, do I have the guts to really do this until later on when he just we fully just decided this was his persona. And again, I think it had very little to do. Like, yes, he said that he it was connected to sexual ritual and he would come his pants. Essentially, he commit. He said that he'd come his pants every single time he shot somebody. But I think that. It's mostly just about like, I got to do this to be somebody. I got to do this to be the son of Sam. You're not David Berkowitz anymore. He would like give himself pep talks every day and be like, you're the son of Sam now. Go out there and do your shit. It's like Rob Gronkowski when he goes to play for the New England Patriots. On the field, he's the Gronk. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but good, in the yeah. sheets, he's just David Montwitz. What's his name? He's from what? He plays for the with the, the he plays with the Ruby Tuesday uh, Salt Slugs. Yes, what's they're the, name the, of his football team. The Salt Slugs. <laughs> yeah, they don't really move very fast. That's for sure. But you know, a, a bad carpenter blames his tools. At no point did uh, Berkowitz bring up the fact he's using a crappy gun. He just rolled with it. Yeah, he just rolled with it. Uh, and also the gun had it, a huge kickback on it. Mm. So for him to fire five shots in a row and to still hit his targets most of the time, he wasn't bad at it. Again, he just chose the wrong gun. Mm. So a little over a month later on July 31st, 1977, Bobby Violante and Stacy Moskowitz, who had met at gong show night in Sheepshead Bay just a few days before... Mm were fated to become Berkowitz's first and only attack in Brooklyn. Forget about it. (laughs) Very good, Henry. Very good Brooklyn accent. Very good, Henry. Very good. Forget about it. Okay. (laughs) You have lived in Brooklyn for well over a decade. You know what? Sometimes I even... Forget about it. Okay, got it, good. So Son of Sam fired into the car once again, killing Moskowitz instantly and blinding Violante before calmly walking away. These would be his very last victims. And each member of, so Stacey Moskowitz's mother, Bobby Violante in an interview, all claim to have both made the joke of Stacey saying, Oh, don't worry about me. I'm going out. And they're like, well, don't go out. Just like just like the son of Sam is out there. Right. She's like, I'm a blonde. He doesn't kill blondes. But then Bobby Violante tried to take the joke from his mother in an interview. But I think the reason why nobody, because he said, 
He said that he said to his buddy, oh, don't worry, I'm going out with the blonde. He doesn't come after blondes, blah, blah, blah. And the only reason why I think no one fought with him, because Bobby Violante was blind. And you can't take a joke away from a blind man. If he's got a joke Mm -hmm. going, Mm -hmm. you got to let him have it, even if it's your (laughs) go-to. That's true. Of course. So the night of the Moskowitz murder... A woman named Cecilia Davis was out walking her dog Snowball and saw a shifty-looking guy who looked like one of the sketches take a parking ticket off his car, throw it down, and drive away. He'll never give me a ticket. Oh, like I'd pay it. I'm son of Sam. I shouldn't have said that out loud. (laughs) Uh, I I gotta go to the Yahtzee store. uh, My Yahtzee game, the dice are all ground down and I don't have time to be going to a parking lot city parking ticket uh, agency uh, I would bang 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 is what they'll remember so although police initially ignored the woman's report she badgered her local precinct for three weeks Mm -hmm. before they finally looked into the ticket It was one of only four issued in Coney Island that night and the only one for parking in front of a hydrant. The car listed on the ticket was a cream-colored Ford Galaxy registered to David Berkowitz Mm -mm. at 35 Pine Street in Yonkers, New York. Sometimes being a total pain in the ass works for everybody. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's crazy to some degree that a parking checker, I... uh... A meter maid solved this entire case. Yeah, I mean the the dominoes started. Uh, the dominoes that fell all started with that one meter maid. And every and single t- meter maid to this day, every time they put a ticket on a car, they're like, "That could be the next son of Sam." I'm not just a total prick who is starting, uh, you know, a whole series of different terrible emotions to go through the person's head when they see this ticket because they tried to park their car really quick to run into the pharmacy because their son is sick. Yes, he's a serial killer. Exactly. They didn't become hall monitors with guns for no reason. <laughs> Terrible. They oh, they were always going to catch next son of Sam. Uh-huh. So New York detectives made a couple of calls up to Yonkers, and after finding out that this Berkowitz character had sent multiple threatening letters to neighbors and had probably shot a couple of dogs, Ugh. the detectives took a trip up north. They found the Ford Galaxy. They spotted a rifle in the back seat. The police started a stakeout. Berkowitz finally came out of his house at 1030. Well, excuse me. Came out of his studio apartment Ooh. at 1030 p.m. that night. Got into his car. Detective John Falatico approached the car, tapped on the window with his gun. Berkowitz looked up at Falatico and said, You got me. How come it took you such a long time? And Bill Gardea, another cop at the bust, said about Berkowitz, He had this like stupid smile on his face like it was a kid's game. Another detective said talking to Berkowitz was like, quote, Talking to a head of cabbage. <laughs> Which is really very sad. Yeah, that is kind of sad. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, there was like the one night too where he was like, Berkowitz was like, you know, I know Sam wants me to kill tonight. Oh, with the killing. But you know what I'm going to do? I got to go see a movie. I'm <laughs> going to see. Did you know they're making a love boat film? I love and it. I'm going to check it out. Joe, just let my hand down. Just relax a little bit. Put up my my put up my barkers. All my feet are just covered with corns. 
Not when Falcone. What is it? Falcini? <laughs> Falcatico. Falcatico. <laughs> another one for Falcatico, boys. Yeah, and there was another yeah, one named Rizzo. Uh, was another one of the detectives that was on the case. I uh, will say, I grew up with two kids that are still my favorite New York names. Which is, I grew up with a kid named Anthony Amoretti, and I grew up with a kid named Bobby Barbarisi. <laughs> and Bobby Barbarisi, his dad was also Bobby, and his brother, his brother was Michael. Oh but Bobby's God. had run through the whole thing, so it's a, he was like Bobby Barbarisi the fifth. Oh, um, can you imagine calling? This is the at the time of the landline. You called out. I want to talk to Bobby. Okay, which Bobby? Uh, Bobby Barbarisi. Bobby Barbarisi two. <laughs> which one of these? And no, but and actually his. Dad Dad was a uh, was a retired police officer. Was also the uh, coach to my little league team, and he had retired. Uh, he retired from being police officer, and then got shot and lived, uh, stopping a robbery after the fact. I remember like all the parents getting together and putting together this big like get well card, and every one of them that said. And every one of them said the same dumb joke where they said, uh, don't bite the bullet, Bobby. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's a funny joke. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. The NYPD had a lot more sense of humor back then, didn't mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before they got you know, militarized. Yeah. 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 They could just wail on any Spanish or black person that they liked. Mm. <laughs> uh, so in an interview with NBC done right after Berkowitz was caught, we're going to hear right now, we're actually going to hear from the Daily News columnist, Jimmy Breslin. We're going to hear from the man himself. I, you know, I was looking at him, and I was looking at him tonight. I was looking at him walk uh, last night. I was looking at him walk, and I was looking at his face, uh, in a round, kind of pleasant face, a little goopy quality to it. But I'm going to put it this way. So every single time someone makes fun of me for one of the voices I create, right, or one of the characters <laughs> right, I right. do in the show, they are real. There are real <laughs> versions of them out there. I hear right. them all the time. <laughs> Who's in control? <laughs> are, are, that's the cop? No, that's Jimmy Breslin. That's oh, the that, Daily News that's column. That's the reporter. Is. So after briefly considering a not guilty by reason of insanity mm-hmm. plea, David Berkowitz eventually pled guilty and was sentenced to six life sentences. But he said it was very true because now we're looking at where some of these stories that we're going to hear later on come from. It's like this is where afterwards he, David Berkowitz loved to talk. And so the first thing he started talking about is about how this dog was telling him to kill. And that and this is there immediately they're like, OK, we can get you off on an insanity plea because you're obviously trying to play the game. But David Berkowitz actually had a deeper plan in mind. And I actually think that the, all of this, the rest of it, it, his time in prison really plays out how he was building a narrative mm. where he's like, if I plead guilty now and and accept, quote unquote, accept the responsibility of these killings, then I can make a redemption story down the line because he had been trying to make a redemption story this whole fucking time. Like he was doing like he became a super we're going to talk about how he became a super Christian, but his it started when he wanted to be a Baptist after getting back from the war. Not just a normal Christian, a super Christian. <laughs> so David's life in prison, his personality and beliefs, they really tended to shift according to whoever was really paying attention to him at the time. Right. 
And this is all according to a fantastic uh, article in New York Magazine. It's called The Devil and, De- and David Berkowitz. Uh, it's a really great article. Uh, if, you're in, it, if you're interested really in hearing awesome. more, it's really, really good. But, you know, so he's uh, he wants to stay relevant, right? So that's why he keeps on changing his narrative. Very similar to what Henry Lee Lucas did, right? Oh, no. There are definite parallels between David Lee uh, or between David Berkowitz and Henry Lee Lucas. But David Berkowitz is much smarter than uh, Henry Lee Lucas. Henry so Lee Lucas was just making a lot of drifter stories. Right, right, right. <laughs> he just, he'll just say stuff and random be like, imagine only because the alligator was jumping. And they're like, what does an alligator jumping mean? He's like, oh, Navajo tail. When the alligator <laughs> jumps, you know you can make a wish. Like, he'll just say random right. shit. Where David Berkowitz is now really getting smart and shifty. So after three out of four court-appointed psychiatrists declared David Berkowitz unfit to stand trial, mm. David went with the insane story. He played it up for any psychiatrist that would listen to him. Uh, he went with that for about two years, but then in 1979, famous FBI profiler Robert Ressler came in, and David Ber- he walks in, David Berkowitz starts giving us like, oh, the dogs, the demons, all of that, and Robert Ressler likes like, David, cut the shit. Seriously. Mm-hmm. What, what, what went on? And he really, he was one of the first people to really hit Berkowitz with some pushback to not take his line of shit and to really get aggressive with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Berkowitz, the entire story fell apart. He just, he admitted that he killed because he resented his birth mother. He felt inadequate around women and he never had a girlfriend. Which is really interesting because then it shows also this is another opening to persona that he's doing to Robert Ressler, where Robert Ressler is just sort of like this man's man kind of guy telling him to tell me what's really going on and David Berkowitz immediately didn't want to disappoint him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what uh, Berkowitz wrote in a later letter. I want to be a lover to women, but I want to destroy them too. Especially women who dance. Them I hate. I hate their sensuality, their moral laxity. I'm no saint myself. But I blame them for everything. What a fucking loser. That's healthy. <laughs> Just blame them for everything. I blame- your obesity, your oh, lack of character. It's the women. Oh, it's all of the women. It's not I- is it's not the it's it's definitely not the fact that he sits in a uh, tiny studio mm. apartment drinking milk, listening to Peter, Paul, and Mary records day and night. Well. Yeah, not like that doesn't create a special soup of smells that <laughs> keeps the ladies come running. You know what I mean? You no. fucking asshole. Like but you see, this thought is still around. That's oh, yeah. the worst part is that yeah. this 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 thought process is around well, all the time. Look what's happened with fucking Planned Parenthood. I think most of the reason why they want to defund Planned Parenthood is because they hate seeing women walking around with their faces exposed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, not pregnant. Um, but, you know, seriously, I don't think that this was so true to the uh, person, but the Malibu shooter uh, recently, oh, uh, yeah. but a year ago, he, that, the narrative that he clung to was this anti-woman narrative. I think the guy was probably gay. Yeah. Um, and it was all fantasy. But this narrative, you see it throughout most series. There are many serial killers. A lot of they sex- blame women. It takes the blame off of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. Always, that's what David Berkowitz was always saying: is that it was always other people that made him do what he did. Yeah, and because like, they wouldn't let him be somebody. Yeah, Ed Kemper is a, mm. a fa- he, Ed Kemper is a a, a great example of uh, this sort of, and that's the funny thing too is that like both Ed Kemper and David Berkowitz were both 
the smarter ones. Like mm. they were both the more objectively intelligent ones, more a little more creative, a little right. more uh, like they just scored higher on IQ tests. Again, objectively, uh, uh, he was temper was bumble butt. <laughs> so uh, in the world of serial killer intelligence, yeah, he yes. was still a, a bit a bit of a bumble butt. But yeah. you also see it with Ted Kaczynski too. It's not his fault. It's somebody else's right. fault because it, it, they're geniuses. They have a superiority complex. It yes. could never be them. They're better than everybody else. They get to choose who lives or dies. They chose to to not embrace me, so that makes me kill them. Yeah, uh, which is just the thought of somebody who needs to be put in a concrete square. It's a terrible way yep. of thinking. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, zero to two grams net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O C-O. So what came next as far as the next theory, the next thing that David Berkowitz was approached with? Uh, because he did admit that the Son of Sam storyline was made up. Yeah, he did. He did come. Yes, well, he said that he was trying to sound crazy a little bit, but then we're going to find out he mixes and matches that whole story again. Yeah, it, it's whatever he is approached with. David Berkowitz was an empty vessel waiting to be filled, right? And whoever came along with uh, their little pot of water and filled him up—that's what he went with for the next few years until eventually he found the one that fit him perfectly. Right. What came next in 1987? Former business journalist Maury Terry wrote in a book called The. Ultimate Evil, which is a 600-page tome connecting David Berkowitz to the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Now, this is very interesting. This is this is a part of the theory that there were multiple shooters in the Son of Sam case, and, and we're going to go through some of the evidence of that after this. But the Process Church of the Final Judgment is very, very interesting. It's an offshoot of Scientology from the 60s from the UK, and it was created by two high-ranking Scientologists named Robert Moore and Marianne McLean. And when they got married, they decided to change their last name to... De Grimston. <laughs> De Grimston? <laughs> yes. Yes. Robert and Marianne De Grimston. De Grimston. <laughs> oh, but man. they became like the Jesus and Mary of this new group called the Process Church. And we're, I, we got into, I got into researching the Process Church of the Final Judgment, and we got to do a whole separate episode on them. Yeah. Uh, and the way it started was that the two of them were fucking with Scientology equipment. They were looking at the e-meters, and they're like, there's there's a way that we can do this that's different that will work better for us. So they split off. I bought this book called Love, Sex, Fear, and Death, uh, which is all about the Process Church and their beginnings, and it's very, very interesting. Basically, it's about the idea of a, a, a commune getting together. Uh, the, the main belief of the process was that Jesus and the devil were two parts of the same deity. And then on Judgment Day, Jesus would judge humanity while Satan carried out the sentence. The Process Church officially disbanded in 1975 after the founders divorced because of sexual problems. Quote-unquote sexual problems. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But what's interesting is that what they talk about is how there was a group of people that all got together and they started living together and having a bunch of orgies and eventually they started picking each other's psychology and once they got done picking apart each other's psychology, they started meditating and talking to beings. Jesus and the devil and the and the godlike persona they said everyone was one of either e, e, any one of these three personality traits 
but actually they were those were just archetypes they were really archetypes for these far advanced alien beings that they were meditating with in mexico well we got to aliens while talking of summer of sam thank you henry very good let's get back to, to a human being for a second well let's talk a little bit more about the process church it said after that they disbanded officially in 1975 unofficially the process church lived on in smaller splinter factions across the u.s through coffee shops called the process you know where one of their hubs was by it's a coffee shop that would be called the process and anybody who was in the part of the church would work at one of those coffee shops right and it has been said that their actual motives were much closer to that of the hand of death Uh uh-oh Here's what a man who claimed to have been a hitman for the organization told a news station. The reason for killing people? Sometimes it would be financial, sometimes it would be vengeful, and sometimes it would just be to uh, to keep the ball of uh, to keep the ball of evil going. Is that what they wanted? Uh, yeah, yeah, a social Armageddon. You know, not, not an Armageddon in the biblical sense, but a social Armageddon. I mean, this is not just something they were doing for any type of necessary any pleasure but that was just a part of an agenda a very deep covert and hidden agenda uh you know they were about making war it's very interesting yeah it really is and by the way that voice at the end that you heard that was david berkowitz right there yeah david berkowitz is a pudgy old man in Mm. prison looking a lot like the postal worker he truly was meant to be so let's let's tie this back really quick so this was also supposed to be so this is the group that david berkowitz was the satanic group that david berkowitz was invited to be a part of before he when he was like searching for himself by a guy named michael carr um that who was brothers with john Carr, who were both sons of Sam Carr, who were going to be seen as connected to the son of Sam. Um, and I think it's very, uh, it's interesting because a guy named Timothy Wiley, who was one of the members of the Process Church of the Final Judgment, said this about them as the fact that the reason why they got slapped with a satanic cult like label was because they were so mysterious and exclu- exclusive. It, it it allowed for a lot of conspiracies to be slapped on top of them, um, as, like normal, like we see all the time. Where if you don't do any answering, someone's going to answer for you. Someone's going to create a, a a reason for you existing. And so this David fit this into this whole satanic sort of the cult storyline. He attached it to it. But I like the specifics yeah. that you have here from Maury Terry. Yeah, and in reference to the beliefs and philosophies, uh, as far as David Berkowitz and the process church went, uh, Maury Terry said, quote, David was susceptible to any line of shit. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and the line of shit that David believed was in the form of a process offshoot called the Children of the Process. Uh, and as Henry said, he was brought into the church by John Michael Carr, uh, the sons of Sam Carr. Sam Carr was the neighbor that when David went a little crazy, or when David was caught, he said that Sam Carr's dog was the one that was giving him the orders, mm-hmm. hence son of Sam. Uh, But this is what David had to say uh, about his first meeting with Michael Carr as far as the process church went. I met him and uh, at that party and uh, we just kind of got acquainted. He was basically an outgoing guy with a lot of uh, zip, you know, a lot of wild, crazy ideas. Uh, We began to talk about the occult that just came up. I was kind of like a misfit at the party. I didn't know anybody. So I was just hanging out over there. And uh, he, you know, we started the rap, and 
one thing led to another. Wanted to take me to this park, you know, and uh, meet some people. It's very interesting. And again, I want to put this out there. Marcus and I know. I'll put this out there again. Dog meat and I know. Yeah. Um, uh, the occult never just comes up. We force <laughs> it into conversations. So yeah. I really believe that David Berkowitz was the one who brought up the occult. And um, you just happen to find the other guy who probably also alienates everybody at a party, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we tend to do sometimes, yeah. who is just like, yeah, dude, yeah, the fucking devil. You got to come down on this place I got. You got this place. I go over there. Girls wear like bathrobes. <laughs> Nothing on underneath them. You can see the nipples and the belly button mm. on all these chicks. I still think the creepiest thing about David Berkowitz is Peter, Paul, and Mary. I don't understand <laughs> how he could like Peter, Paul, and Mary. He yeah. loved Peter, Paul, and Mary and James Taylor. My big thing is the smell of milk under man tits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the smell of dried milk on shag carpeting. Right. Ugh. Ugh. So David, as he said, started attending meetings in nearby Untermeyer Park in Yonkers, where he said he sacrificed German shepherds to Sam Hain, the druid devil. This, Maury Terry says, is where Son of Sam really came from. Son of Sam Hain. Right. Which is really sad because the Process Church did breed German shepherds, but Timothy Wiley came out because they said that they sacrificed them because they said that their strong breeding of their German shepherds would made them pure and that the, the sacrificing of them would be as close as you get to sacrificing a virgin. But Timothy Wiley came out and he was just like, and the whole thing about sacrificing our dogs. We loved our dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, no, but uh, more after they uh, divorced, uh, the uh, the wife, Marianne de Grimston, mm-hmm. she founded an animal shelter called Best Friends Animal Shelter, oh. uh, and she got into a whole lot of trouble for just killing dogs willy-nilly. Yes, well, you know. that is true, but mostly that was about laundering money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is true, but yes, these people... But also killing dogs. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, also killing dogs. It is worth noting, though, among all the hearsay and conspiracy, it is worth noting that it is a matter of police record that around Untermeyer Park, in during this time in the 70s, three butchered German shepherds with their ears missing were found, and 85 skinned Alsatians, which is a breed of German shepherd, were found in near by Walden, New York, between October 1976 and October 1977. You but I also the- will say this. If you take Russia's song, Tom Sawyer, and you play it backwards, it does hypnotically suggest for you to kill a bunch of German shepherds. Yeah. It says it in the song. So I'm going to also put some of the blame of that on Rush. You're, you're going to blame the hit rock band Rush. <laughs> so Maury Terry's claim is that the children of the process were actually the actual driving force behind the Son of Sam murders, and David Berkowitz was just the gullible patsy who went along with it all. Mm. Which is not true. He was still the trigger man, and according to David Berkowitz, he was the trigger man at least three of these killings. But then he said, this is where the multiple shooter th- thing comes from, which is and again, what you have here is the strongest, the strongest evidence is still the fact that there was just many different wildly different police sketches from all the different shooting victims. But on the other hand, the the victims, of course, as we know, one eyewitness testimony is notoriously unreliable, especially after a traumatic event. And two, a lot of the eyewitnesses that describe to the sketch artist, most of the victims didn't see Berkowitz at all. Like, he just shot into the car window and they cowered. A lot of the eyewitnesses came from people who just happened to be in the area at the time and said, oh, I saw this shady looking guy. Uh, 
here's a police sketch of him. Yeah, and sketch artists, you know, they're not real artists. If they were good, they'd have a loft in Soho. Don't say this. We're going to get such hate mail from this. What? What I'll also say is that New Yorkers in 1977 would do anything to talk to a police officer on friendly terms because they believe they are doing business networking. They think that if they could get, if they could just say Uh a, a friendly, innocent thing to a cop, that later on down the line, when they're caught from running illegal fish, out of the back of their illegal discotheque that he, they will come and he'll be like, you know me, I help you catch us on the same. I just can't stop thinking about the ears on the German shepherds yeah, that- used for like necklaces. You find a guy <laughs> with the German shepherd necklace. So this evidence, all of this evidence, extremely circumstantial. The letters that Berkowitz sent to Breslin and uh, to the cops, they contain references to the cars, particularly the health problems of Sam Carr. He has many heart attacks. And the fact that John Carr's nickname, Wheaties, was mentioned. But it is also very possible that David, he was their neighbor. He might have just overheard these things. And if he did hang out at the Process Church, if he did hang out with uh, John Carr and the Untermeyer Park... It's possible he just heard these things from time to time. Oh, yeah, Dad had a heart attack. Hey, Wheaties, come here. Mm-hmm. And also, he probably, he was literally putting the story together, like, verbal, like, what's his name? Verbal, um, Klimt? What's his name? From the Usual Suspects. Oh, it's Kaiser Sose? Yeah, Kaiser Sose. Not to, spoiler alert, um, he's, I'm sorry, Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Sose. If you don't know that, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, but he's making this up the story as he goes. And I think he's doing the same thing, just seeing stuff around the house and sees the box of Wheaties. And he's like, Wheaties. And he just puts it into the letter. Admittedly, though, the circumstances behind the deaths of the Carr brothers definitely are suspect. John Carr, he was found shot in the face a year and a half after Berkowitz was caught. The numbers 666 were supposedly carved into his hand. And the letters SSMYC were carved into the wall behind him. Son of Sam, New York City. The other car brother, Michael, he died in a drunk driving accident on the west side of Manhattan despite having a medically documented allergy to alcohol. And while many people, including police officers on the case at the time, surviving victims, and a prominent Queens prosecutor believe there were multiple shooters, no solid evidence has ever surfaced to support the theory. So they use those two deaths as an evidence of being like it is a a gigantic like web of process church members throughout the government and built in toward the cops and to the legal system that are allowing these people to be suicided. Yeah. And which is according to Timothy Wiley, completely ridiculous. Cause he's like, we only had 80 people. Yeah. And, uh, the the case did get reopened in 1996. The Queen's prosecutor did actually reopen the case. It was for him. There was enough evidence to reopen it, but it went nowhere. However, despite there being no evidence, not stopping Berkowitz from claiming it to be true, he admits to committing three murders, but said that he was only present for the rest. He refuses to name names, saying he had been forced to give uh, children head honchos, pictures and names of his relatives, to ensure his silence. David's first mention of the Process Church came in 1993, just about six years after his final conversion to Christianity. And his final conversion to Christianity is truly a final version to Christianity. He straight up, we're going to go into this, he straight up believes he's a fucking apostle 
of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, he waited until he started getting attention for his newfound Christian beliefs, just like Henry Lee Lucas. Mm-hmm. Waited until he was really getting attention for it, loved the attention. That's when he comes out with these claims of satanic and demonic connections. And now he's come full circle. He's right back to saying that he was possessed by demons. He's right back to saying that Sam Carr's dog had a demon in it and told him to do all this shit. But Uh, he said, actually, he said that the demon was in him making the dog sound like it was killing him. What the reason why they attach him to the, the Christian church now will attach themselves to David Berkowitz. We have TV evangelist Pat Robertson claims that David's story is proof that the devil exists because he did an appearance on the 700 Club in 1997. And then David became a Christian celebrity. And what they did say, they're like, this is the story of the Bible. The Bible said he was a man that was literally possessed by a demon and he fought it out himself. Yeah. And he fought it and he was chosen by God. And now a bunch of people gleam to him. And while David's being very humble about it, oh, he God. does say he's so humble. Oh, so humble. It's not me. It's not, oh, no, I'm just li- li- working through God's word. I'm just a servant. I'm a servant I'm to him is what he keeps saying. God. Meanwhile, he does not argue when a woman with fucking two foot high hair to him according to this new york new york magazine article is standing there and being like he's an apostle and david just like bows his head and nods as if there's a great weight on his shoulders yeah he's like well i i don't you know i just you know that's just what they say you know i don't know i don't know about all that but mm -hmm. that's that's you know that's just what they say i have a good there's a thing that he says in one of his speeches. So when you find out, so this reporter got a bunch of leaked uh, uh, footage of David Berkowitz's sermons that he would give. And one that he would give was that he'd say, I was the son of Sam. Now I'm the son of hope. (laughs) And in fact, I have right here on my desk, son of hope, the prison journals of David Berkowitz. And I really, we really need to thank our research assistants for slogging through this piece of shit. Uh, Because it is boring Christian bullshit. It's just, him saying, oh, I've been forgiven. Oh, I, God is, he has forgiven me and I have fully forgiven myself. And a lot of times like he won't refer to the murders. He won't say I killed or that time that I killed that girl. He'll refer to them as the son of Sam murders. Right. He distances himself as much as he possibly can. What we have to understand is what he said is like Paul, he has to, like the apostle Paul, Yes, he has to uh, forget about his past and move on with the future. The past is the past. That's what he keeps saying. He's like, I'd like to forget about it and I'd like to move on. And it's like, you killed six people. Those people don't get to forget. Yeah. You did it, man. You can't just say, I hate this Christian bullshit where you could just get a get, a get out of jail free card. That is to me is the biggest stinkiest diaper that the Christian bullshit leaves behind, which is the fact that you can just like pull a parachute to get out of hell. So this guy, David Berkowitz, he also formed alliances with other Christian celebrities, real good buddies with the uh, parents of the girl who said yes from the Columbine killings. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, he said that, uh, what is it? I think it was called Cassie's Tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that it was one of the most important books ever published. That's great. Uh, and some of his 
followers. They likened him to Paul, as Henry said, because Paul was a murderer and he turned into an apostle. Others even compare him to Jesus. They say that prison is David Berkowitz's cross. That is what he must bear. That is yeah. that is his test. Uh, and one of his most fervent followers said, quote, God will build a church on David's back. And he is just humbled and he is just worried about the anxiety really? of the, the pressure of this. But he thinks that if he, with the strength of God, he can really pull through and, and be the leader of this massive church that worships him like he's a deity. And it, <laughs> he'll be really, oh, you know, hopefully he can live up to those standards. Yep. So David Berkowitz, yep. his entire life an outsider, finally not only belongs somewhere, he's not only loved and respected by others, but... Most importantly, he is special. He got everything wow. he ever wanted, and it only took the deaths of six people, the wounding of seven, and the fear of eight million to achieve it. Well, it's very interesting. It's him and Manson. Him and Manson to me, that Manson is the other one who actually lived his dream for a little bit. Manson got to be a pimp and have sex with fucking 15 girls and have a great time and like do a lot of drugs and be a musician. He did it. For two years before it all came crumbling down, but he got to taste it. Yeah, he got to for taste a second. it. Amazing. All right. Well, that's the two-parter on uh, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, that took place uh, over the summer. Yeah, from uh, June 1977, or from June 1976 to June of 1977. Almost a full year. Yeah, it was a year. It was a year. A year uh, more than a year. It was a year and three days. Wow, look at that. Yeah, so that's Son of Sam. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Anything to plug, Marcus? We got uh, we got some T-shirts. I know Marcus, you're on Twitter at Marcus Parks. You can find Henry on Twitter at Henry Loves You. I'm at Ben Kissel, and then of course the show is on uh, at LP on the left. Yeah, and you can buy T-shirts from us uh, at CaveComedyRadio.com/slash/merch. And if you're a Cowman fan, oh. we've actually got T-shirts on sale right now as well. You can go to the Cowman.Bandcamp.com and click on the little merch button, and you can order those. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'm gonna buy one. It's a badass shirt. Yeah, Thank you very much. It's an amazingly cool shirt, even if you never heard the Cowman, or if you heard them and you hate them. It doesn't yeah. even matter. The shirt <laughs> in itself is incredible, but and, of course you would love them if you heard them. And also, if you buy the shirt, you also get a free download of the album. Hey, all right. Nice. And I'll say again, I'm going to be live tweeting Heroes Reborn on Thursday at 8 p.m. on the East Coast time uh, on NBC. And also, I'm going to be live tweeting the uh, coming uh, Adult Swim uh, uh Coming your pretty face going to hell on Adult Swim twelve fifteen on Sunday night, and I'm gonna I want to especially plug this episode of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell on twelve fifteen. We're doing a Krampus episode, and I legitimately think it's the best thing we'd ever done. It's pretty fantastic. Awesome. It's pretty. It's pretty wonderful. All right. Well, just realize that you're not wearing any pants there, Henry. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, sorry. I farted a little juicy, and I thought maybe I had kind of sharded my pants there for a second, but I did. Boy, oh, right. we're almost to the end of the show. You could have waited. Yeah, about to wrap it to up. Check here. that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to check it real quick, just because these aren't my chairs. Yeah. Well, I think it is now. Actually, you. you I'm get sorry, to, Natalie. If that you, I said that on on this show. If you, <laughs> I'm shart, sorry that I did. So uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR Page Seven, Top Hat, uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen, and uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Thank you so much for all your support. And um, I'm going to do a Magustalations. I'm going to do a Hail Gene. Hail Satan. Um, again, ritual. 
makes perception, makes reality. Get with the program, people. And also, holy shit, how could we forget? What? Email your creepypasta stories oh, yeah. and email uh, your listener. Po- if you've got a story that you want to tell live on the air, uh, give us a, a tiny, just a little bit uh, snippet of it. Just give us a little bit of what the story would be about. Uh, and we're going to be doing those in a couple weeks. But we're going to be doing the creepy Boston one next week. So be sure to send those to Cave Company Radio at gmail.com. Uh, Keep it short. Yeah, we've gotten some I'm, great ones so far. So thank you so much. Inhale yourselves. Halloween is coming. Satan is coming. Fucking praise the Lord. Praise our dark Lord. Goodbye. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.